This is Raphael. I'm Lauren. We're the Pacheco siblings, and welcome to the Hypercube Podcast, a talk show in which two siblings converse about anything and everything. Our guest today is Dakota Farnsworth, an actor, a voice actor uh, specifically, and director as well. You may know him online in some spaces as Tarquin, but yeah, he is joining us today for the Hypercube Podcast, and welcome to the show. Hi, thank you for having me. Yeah, certainly. You're This is actually a bit of a unique circumstance because you're the first guest so far on this show who we weren't acquainted with prior to uh, getting a guest spot on here. <laughs> yeah. Oh. I was going to say, like, this is the first time we've talked to each other, I think. Yeah. I know is. this is the first time we've met. I don't know if you and Raph have met previously. No, no, I certainly have not. Yeah. So, yeah, really just getting this scheduled was our, our first interaction. <laughs> but I know we have a, a, <laughs> yeah. a lot of mutual acquaintances. Uh, and I know, yeah, Briger was talking to us about you when we were interviewing him. And uh, it definitely made a little bit of a push to to make this happen. <laughs> oh, yeah, no. And it, like, what is it? It's, so far, we've been getting, on, getting along great. <laughs> yeah, no. So what was it? Uh, Briger did the last episode and then he texted me and he was like, yo, I, I, mess- I mentioned you on this podcast. You should do it. And I was like... I should do what? And he's like, he's like, you should be a guest on it. And I was like, I mean, I didn't really, I didn't get an invite. And he's like, no, no, you should, we, I'll like, I'll like mention your name and then we can like get that working. I was like, okay. So, you know, one thing led to another and here we are. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, Bragger pretty well then too, as well. Uh, It sounds like you two have some history. Uh, Yes. So crazy story with that. So this actually goes back into another machinima. I'm slightly insulting. I don't know if you're familiar. Oh, yeah. 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 Um, Actually, I've done some voice work for them. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Ray's amazing. Um, So basically what happened there was I just started out voice acting. I started doing a bunch of auditions and stuff. And I did one for a uh, a machinima. I, I don't even remember the name of it. But basically Ray saw my audition. And he was like, hey, like, you would be really, really good for for this part. Uh, would you be able to audition? And I was like, yeah, sure. And so I sent him an audition of uh, Alex Young at the time. And, you know, uh, he, he looked at it. He said, oh, my God, you're, like, perfect for this. He got me into a call. And he was like, hey, OK, listen, there's this character named Endermite. And he's and that's who Alex Young <laughs> is. And he was like, I, I want you to play. I want you to play Alex. And. I need you to know that this this project has had about three different Alex Youngs now, and we really need (laughs) someone to just take this role. And I was like, oh, okay, yeah, um, I guess what's the deadline? And he's like, that's the thing. So four months ago was when we had the first Ender, the first person playing Endermite. (laughs) And then they didn't get back to us for two months and then told us that they're not they're not doing the project. Then they got the second person. The second person took a month and then didn't decided to drop it then the last person took two weeks and decided to drop it and he's like okay and i'm like okay so how much time do i have and he's like two weeks and i'm like <laughs> i'm like okay and he goes yeah that's like that's gonna be like 400 lines too do you think you can do that in two weeks and i was like <laughs> i was like i will have it in one and he goes what <laughs> and so and so by the, by that friday i had every single line to him um and i actually took multiple takes of each and he was like holy how did you do 700 of this in a week? And I was like, I just, I'm just, I'm just good, baby. Um, so, <laughs> so, Professional. Yeah, no. So um, that ended up going really well. I got the 
Machinima Hub Award that year for Best Actor. Hey. And uh, once uh, Breaker saw that, Breaker contacted me and was like, hey, there's this character named Leonardo that I'm doing for, I'm using for a detective, a detective like Machinima. And I think he'd be really good for him. Would you mind like talking to me a bit about him later this week? And I was like, yes, absolutely. And so uh, we started being in talks. I got, I got cast as Leonardo Salvatore. And then uh, we've just been friends ever since. So uh, that's been a really nice. awesome, really awesome gig. Uh, Crimes of Elorian that came out uh, mm-hmm. about early this year. Yeah, no, early, right. like, early yes, this year or last year. I'm losing my dates. I think this year. This, it was this year. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. So I was going to say Crimes of Elorian, that for sure, for me, is the one thing I know I've heard you in because I remember seeing your name in the credits for that. Um, I'm sure I have heard you in other stuff just by, you know, virtue of the the same sort of circles that we uh, walk in. But yeah, I'm I'm sure I have heard your voice in more places, but that's the one place I know for a fact that I know your voice from because uh, I remember watching that. Yeah. A little while back. I'm glad that I'm glad that you enjoyed it enough to remember you've heard me. Hello. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it, uh, it it definitely was the biggest project at the time that I had been a part of. Um, it mm-hmm. took a little bit for it to come out, but what was yeah, it? Yeah, well, it was uh, pretty long length. <laughs> oh, for sure. I uh, I wasn't used to animations at the time, so I was like, I was like, oh, I'm so excited for it to come out, but come on, Ray, come on. <laughs> but um, but yeah, no, just out of excitement. But it was a really good opportunity. It opened a lot of doors for me, and it was like. It, being a part of the Machinima Hub, Hub community, there's so many like talented writers and stuff, and being a, being able to be a part of Crimes of Valorian, something that had so much love put into it, it mm-hmm. really kind of changed my perspective on acting, and it made me want to become more more and more of an artist than I already was before. And so I the, that's big praise. Uh, yeah, no, definitely. And so I started going to classes. I started getting coaching. I started uh, doing pretty much anything I could to get as like educated on all of this as possible. So I definitely owe a lot of that to Brager. Wow, that's awesome. That's awesome. And also, like he would tell me all the time, he was like, "Dakota, like you're really, really good, and I think you're gonna make it far. I I totally have your back anytime you need me." And I was like, "Man, that is so cool. Like same to you." <laughs> and so I was like, "Bro, anytime you need a cat, anytime you need a character at all." Even if it's like an extra streaming, ah, like I, I will do it for you. And he was like, oh. oh, yeah, yeah, he's a good guy. Oh, man, gotta love him. So, yeah, that's one thing I, I was kind of looking forward to getting to know you a bit here, because like I said, we ha- weren't at all acquainted prior to scheduling this podcast appearance. And I remember looking through like your website and stuff, and I think. One thing that I like to try and get to know about different artists is what their journey as a creative has been and how they got into it and why they do what they do. And I was quite fascinated by your story because you had a bit of a unique path into acting. And mm-hmm. I suppose isn't very typical because you kind of started out like photography you thought was going to be your art of choice mm-hmm. for a while. Mm-hmm. And like, yeah, can you talk a little bit about that and how you go from there to psychology to acting? <laughs> yes, it is a it was a pretty crazy story. Um, it all spanned about four years. Pretty, pretty short amount of time for all of that to happen. It was basically like I did theater acting for a very long time. I did it for about six years. Um, and mm. I had been in Oliver Twist. Uh, I had been in uh, Bye Bye Birdie and uh, Cinderella. Um, those were all. Was from- this? I was gonna say, was this when you were pretty young? Uh, yeah, and it was for like high school plays and stuff. But our okay. school was a little different with plays than most schools were, um, because our school 
it, it, most of its like biggest funding went towards the plays and went towards our band. Really? Oh, so, really? That's super unique. That's unique. <laughs> Very unique. And um, the reason for that was because the stage that we had um, had been performed on by Elvis Presley back when he was still like big. And um, so a lot of it's basically seen as like a big historical landmark inside of the uh-huh. school. Whoa. So we try to pre- preserve it as much as possible. So they ended up getting a director for our school. Um, who had been in the uh, Beauty and the Beast Broadway show. And we we Holy basically smokes. learned everything from her. And so she, her and I would work together personally all the time. And she would be like, like, you're really, really good. You have an awesome like like grasp of this. Like, I really want to work with you as much as possible. So I was in every single play that they that she had. And uh, I was trying to kind of take on a, like every little role that I could, like helping people like learn their lines. Um uh, helping people uh, uh, like on the crew that were like building the sets. Like mm-hmm. I would try to help them paint every once in a while. And so, it, and then I, of course the acting part too. And uh, it was just a fantastic journey. And so I, I did that for a while. And then while I was acting, I did photography because I didn't think acting was a viable career path. I didn't know that voice acting even like existed. I mean, obviously I did, but like, there, you know, there's, there's a point of like, you think that you have to be this big shot actor to get into it. Yeah. Um, so I was kind of like, okay, well, that's not really an avenue that's like good that I can do right now because it's just not like reliable. So I, I picked up photography because my dad was really into it. And the first time I took a picture, it like apparently it was like perfect rule, rule of thirds. And like I had followed every like rule without even trying. And so what one of my art teachers was like, you should really like try doing this more. So I started doing photography for the school. I started doing things for the local, like the, well, sorry, the, um, the yearbook. Um, and it wasn't like I was hired by them. I would just like take pictures and I'd be like, Hey, can you guys use this at at anything? And they're like, Holy crap. yeah. Yeah. Um, so did that for a little bit. Um, I did some senior photos for some friends. Uh, that was pretty fun. Um, I had a couple people who wanted to do family photos too. I got some awesome gigs with that. Um, and then I went to college for it. And then when I was in college, they kind of told me, Hey, uh, just so you know, this is a starving artist career and I need to show you something. And they (laughs) took, they took a big projector screen up and they showed us a photo and they, and they were like, okay, this looks really beautiful. Right. And we're like, yeah. And so he shows us another photo and they're like, he looks really beautiful. Right. And we're like, yeah, shows about three more, three more images. And we're like, okay. Only one of these images is a real photo. All of the others are made in Blender. And we're like, what? And so <laughs> he was like, I challenge you to figure out which one is the real one. And so we looked and we looked for a while and none of us could get it. And he's like, that was a trick question. All of them are made in Blender. And we're like, no <laughs> way. <laughs> and, and so he was like, yeah, no, like technology is getting to a point where if you want to be a photographer you can do it while sitting at your computer like you don't have to go out anymore so if you're Mm going to get into this you better be like on your a game or you might need to go look for something else and so we were that's where i kind of went okay this is not something like i would love to do this as a hobby but like i don't i don't know technology is advancing so much every day like it's probably just better to go to something else and then have it as like a side hustle you know Mm -hmm. So I then met with a, uh, eventually I met a guy who was from Brazil 
Um, and his name was Victor and he was a, uh, psychologist and we met, we met over like, like playing games and stuff. Like I was like online, I was just like meeting <laughs> yeah. new people and stuff. And he eventually came up and, you know, he started talking to me about, um, psychology and I was like, I was really interested. Um, like I thought I had a pretty, pretty natural knack for like getting to know people and, and talking to people and stuff and knowing what right, people right. were feeling, you know? And, uh, he was like, you know, you're, you're pretty good at this. Like, you know, I would love to train you. and I was like, that would be awesome. So for a while, I was I was being trained by him. I learned a lot of different like uh, little tricks to help people with like panic attacks and depression and and all these other things. And I thought it was really really awesome. Um, but unfortunately, I started to learn a little bit more about the the psychology field, and I was like, uh, a lot of people go into it. It's very competitive. Um, and then I personally. It, it, this is going to sound cheesy. I didn't really enjoy the idea of being paid to help people. It just didn't like sit right with me as much mm-hmm. as people should get paid to be a doctor and stuff like that. It just doesn't sit right with me to do this thing to get a paycheck when it should be. I do this thing to help someone. And that should, I don't know. I personally, I just think that should be the reward out of it. I've been told I've been challenged on that idea, but it's just my personal mm-hmm. opinion. Um, yeah. So I ended up dropping out of it, um, which I, you know, I kept all the tricks and stuff, but I decided not to, not to continue the, the career. But then I started learning about, um, more acting and I decided to to do more college classes on that. And a friend of mine, uh, Audrey, who I currently do voiceover with, she was like, Hey, my, uh, my aunt and uncle are really into voice acting and you should, uh, really consider doing a job with me because I think you'd be fantastic because Audrey had been to all my plays she had seen all of all the stuff from high school she had seen all the stuff mm-hmm. I did in college she was like she had been in my corner pretty much the whole time and so she was like yeah you should really try this out so she got me a uh, a video game gig as like an extra oh wow which unfortunately it didn't end up working out but Aww. when I was in it I, it taught me a lot of really nice tricks and I was like, man, this is really fun. <laughs> so then eventually I would say about three months later, that was around when I met Ray and that's when this whole journey started. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, wow. All comes full circle. <laughs> but yeah, no. that's quite a journey. So you said you were doing some theater when you were in college as well. Yes, I did a couple of classes. I also, you weren't like majoring in theater though, were you? Or... Uh, I was majoring in theater. Yeah. Okay. You were. So I went, so I did one show called The Split Show, which was a like sitcom comedy that we literally had like a full sitcom, like made house and like a a couch that everyone sat on and was like, everyone was like bantering and like, there was like a laugh track and there was all this stuff. (laughs) It was really fun. Um, And uh, I was one of the, uh, the extras on that. And I was, I was fine with it because they gave us like a bunch of crazy stuff to do as the extras. So like, yeah, there was like a moment where uh, one of the characters starts busting out into like a rap. And so all of us are like dressed up as like backup dancers and none of us know how to dance. So like we're just <laughs> sitting in the back, like waving our arms and like doing all this crazy stuff. There would be times where there'd be like set changes. And so there would be little music that plays and we'd be doing skits or whatever. And one of the skits mm-hmm. was, was that we were doing the set, the set changes but we weren't trained to do that. So things broke. And that was like the point. So they wanted us to basically like freak out when something when something didn't work out. It was really fun, very improv-y. Um, That's like yeah. entrapment. I know it's one comedy it's, entrapment. I know it's 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 amazing. It's it was um 
it was a show that very much taught me a lot of improv. Um, I had a really yeah. good time with a lot of the people there. Uh, the people that were a part of it um, were a part of Doherty, and the people that taught me in my classes were a part of Doherty, which, uh, if you're not familiar, that's the, um, the uh, uh, camera acting uh, union. And so there was Ooh. a lot of people there who knew what they were doing that I got taught by, and it was really a really wonderful experience for sure. So, yeah, no, um, that was def- that was my college experience for you. Wow, wow, yeah, that sounds like fun. <laughs> yeah, that does that does sound like a lot of fun. It's a but lot that's, of fun. That's quite an arc. <laughs> yeah, no, we uh, we we got to do a lot of like little projects too, where we could we could create our own scenes or whatever, and so then we had to perform those scenes in front of the class, and. Uh, we were given comedy as one of the scenes. And so me and a bunch of friends went, you know what? Let's give them a show. They'll never forget. So we made, uh, what is it? One of us got a Halloween costume uh, that previous year that was a, uh, a one of those giant inflatable dinosaur costumes. And we decided <laughs> yeah. to use it. Yeah. And so we decided to use that. And so we made a story, this really dumb story about... Um, a, a kid who goes into a museum and he sees a dinosaur statue and the mom goes, I've been meaning to introduce you for a long time. And he's like, what? That's your father. And then the dinosaur comes <laughs> to life and, and like and it's actually his dad or whatever. And there's this whole weird story behind it. And I remember we were on the stage and we looked out into the audience when it was over. And our teacher just went, how do I grade this? <laughs> so it basically ended up going to a vote of who, th- who here thought it was good. And everyone was like, yes, this was super funny. So they were like, okay, I guess, I guess it passes. Like, all right. Oh, well, I certainly won't forget it. No, not at all. No, it's, it's beautiful. It was, oh, it was wonderful. work of art, truly. Yeah. There's a, uh, you know, those uh, Snapchat, like uh, one year ago today or two years ago today, uh, to, to this day, I still have a Snapchat video that's, con- that's constantly sent to me of me in the dinosaur <laughs> costume running out of the room. <laughs> uh, oh my goodness. It was beautiful. Yeah. I've come to find I really love theater people. It's because it's almost inherent. Yeah, theater people are the best it's almost inherent to the medium that they're going to have a lot of crazy stories. Oh, <laughs> it's yeah, like, yeah. it's the very nature of the thing of, of being in the performance side of the production that it's just like, you're kind of involved in every crazy thing that happens and, uh, <laughs> and are kind of front and center uh, of all of it. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And it's like, um, it's the only, it I didn't understand this when my one teacher taught me this, but it is the only natural acting experience you will ever get. It is it is like it's the only time that you're gonna like feel the full energy of someone else. Like if you're in film acting, right? Someone they'll you'll be shooting a scene and it could look like, oh, you're having a conversation with someone, but sometimes it's literally like two completely different shots on the on two right, completely yeah. different days yeah. so yeah especially if you're doing like a single camera shoot right and you're just mm-hmm. doing coverage one on the other and yeah it could be it could be very different and that's true i've always said like stage theater really is like an actor's medium right that is yeah. an actor centric uh medium and i think all the different mediums of storytelling favor one craft over another uh, not and even if they are very collaborative, obviously there's more than just actors that work in theater, but it is very much that is like yeah, like you said, the most acting thing that you can do really is the theater. In the same way that I think like television kind of lends itself well to writers, um, and film for uh directors as well. Mm-hmm. In many ways, it's uh, but yeah, they all they all kind of have these. They're all kind of weighted towards certain things, but for acting, it's definitely the stage. Oh, for sure. It has to be live. 
Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And that's, you know, that's where we started, right? Like with, um, back, yeah. back with the Greeks, you know, we, we were, we were telling stories like in front of, uh, of hundreds of people. They didn't, you know, they didn't have like the Stanislavski thing where like they, <laughs> where everyone is like, you know, like the real acting where like you have to feel the emotion or whatever. Cause back yeah. then they were just trying to tell stories because they were bored. As Oh, sorry about that. <laughs> uh, sorry. No <laughs> um, but no, everyone, but yeah, no, everyone was bored as hell. And they were like, you know, it's, you know, they, they needed something to, to get through like 10 hours of the day because they had nothing. Mm. You know, they, well, not yeah. nothing, but it was. They were just bards. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it was like having that like physical experience with a physical audience. There's nothing like it because like, yeah, I know. I remember some place where someone let me have free reign. And so I, I took time to interact with audience members while I was performing because I was like, mm-hmm. that's a really cool experience. And that's like that helps people kind of engage a little bit more, both as an actor and as a as an audience member. Yeah. Um, and like, uh, yeah, mon- and like monologues were really good for that, too, because, you know, that's the whole thing of like telling someone what's going on in your head. So I sometimes I would literally talk to the audience as if they were like my conscience. And wow. I, I got a couple of compliments on that, that that was like a really nice choice. But um, yeah, nice. no, love theater, love theater. It's it. it oh, man. I tell any voice actor, <laughs> if you want if you want to learn how to act, do a play. I, d- I don't care if you do. Absolutely. 15, do one because you'll never. Yeah. Get the same, you'll never get that experience in it. Behind oh, mic. yeah. Any kind of talent, do any kind of live work. Live work is where it's at because, yeah, the the energy is just completely different from being on a set or from being like locked behind a camera. Because when you're when you're there and it's going and you have to be on your game and you have to know what's going on. You, like, you know when you're messing up and you know when you're doing well. Exactly. Yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah. And it, 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 because of the fact that, you know, it's like you don't get takes or anything like that, too. Exactly. Right? Like the whole event is your take. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you just, yeah, constantly have to be on your end game. I think like kind of talking more to your field, Lauren, it'd be like the, I think the difference similarly between uh, like with stunt people versus like martial arts demonstration artists. Yeah. Right. Like if you well, first off, people who've done demonstration make really good stunt people for that same reason i think you know because it's like it's the same thing just turned up to 11 and with all of the pressure on it from the fact that it's completely live yeah <laughs> so yeah having to jump through like railings or something and it has to be, yeah. it needs to look good <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah it has to <laughs> So you, uh, well, you brought up Stanislavski a second ago. So that's actually something I wanted to ask about, you know, talking about the sort of psychological uh, connection in your history. Mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, well, I was wondering about that, about uh, how deep you go into the, say, the modern method stuff. Because obviously, like you said, they didn't have that at the start. That's all relatively recent in human history. And then obviously here in the West, we have, uh, uh, who was it, uh, Strasbourg, who did the American method. and I guess yeah. Well, how, how does you how do you square with all that? Um. So I so that was the best thing about going to college was that I didn't just learn how to act. I learned like the proper like teachings of it, and it was mm-hmm. really really nice. I definitely believe in Stanislavski's whole um whole like method, um because it like in psychology it's very much the same as that. Uh, you have to like feel it like if like in any. So the, the the way I was taught was that all of our all of our emotions are kind of like there's a purpose behind them and we choose to to have certain emotions, even if it's subconscious and being able to like fully feel that emotion through is how we also come to getting over it. So like if I'm going through a painful experience, 
I can I can choose to I can choose to be sad that day or I can choose to say no I'm gonna bottle it up and I'm gonna like move on or I can choose to do something else with it right and I feel the same way with a, a lot of Stanislavski is that you're you're taking a situation and you're finding the right emotion into it and you're trying to allow yourself to feel that emotion through any means that you can and a lot of times with like a lot of times with actors such like Troy Baker did this for Last of Us he took an emotion he had from a really long time ago when he did the first uh, scene as Joel and he used that to help his experience with, with the first scene. Does uh, do either of you play uh, last of us? I have not. Yeah, no, I have not, but I've heard a lot of good things about last of us. <laughs> yeah. it, the acting is stellar. Um, do you care if I spoil the first, the first mission for you just to like uh, get no, that point yeah. across? Yeah, no worries. So the first mission is he is with his daughter and there it's like the first instance of the zombie apocalypse. And, um, they uh, they are running through the streets and it's just chaos everywhere and he's you know he's so concerned for getting his daughter out of there and then at the very end the very last minute before they're safe she dies and he has to like hold on to her and like and he has to tell her you know everything's going to be all right everything's going to be okay and he said that there was there were times in his life where he could like connect that to something and he was able to bring that emotion out and he was able to to use like he was able to choose what that moment was like for him and mm-hmm. then bring it out in the most real way possible. And he, they did that scene so many times. You should look it up. Very, very uh, good, very good um, yeah. basis for acting. I think that was one of the, one of the, one of the most helpful guides I've ever had to acting. Cause they, they fully went <laughs> through everything that they did on how they came into yeah. Like making wow. it real, yeah. It was a fantastic uh, little documentary piece. Yeah, I know there was a lot of strong performances in that. You know, Troy Baker and Ashley Johnson, especially. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that's I've I've heard nothing but good things. The main reason I, ha- I haven't ever had the opportunity to play it was because it was in. Uh, I think it was a PlayStation exclusive, <laughs> and that's <laughs> yeah. I, I I feel that. <laughs> yeah. So I kind of was just like, I'm just gonna look it up because I heard it's fantastic, and I'm you know mm-hmm. I want to know what it's like. To be fair, to be fair, it could probably be watched like a movie, and you get like a lot of the same experience if it's like on the performance end so yeah mm-hmm. you just definitely yeah. i mean it basically is a movie at that point yeah <laughs> but um yeah no but and with with psychology it's it's really helpful because like i've i've come to understand emotions so much from just like meeting people and like hearing experiences of other people that a lot of times what i'll do is is i'll go all right this experience is similar to someone i know how would they react to this? And then I try to think of them as well as I'm going through it, because mm. like, if you don't like, like if I've never gone through it, I'm never going to understand it. But if I try to think about it from a different set of lenses from someone that I know, then it, it definitely helps with me getting more into the scene. Um, and I've mm. got, and once you get better and better at it, you, it, you just click into it pretty much. Yeah. I guess that's all just empathy. Really? For sure. You kind of defined there. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, well, I guess here's the question, though. This is a question I often have to ask actors when we get on this tangent is, do you have a preference between like the Stanislavski or the Strasbourg methods? Uh, It sounds like you talked a lot about Stanislavski. So (laughs) I yeah, I definitely would say I'm I'm definitely more in line with Stanislavski, Um, like having the objective and the objective being what drives you throughout a scene and like is what influences your emotions and stuff. I think that that's all wonderful. And um, yeah, that's that, that's definitely what I take into just about everything I do. Yeah. And that's kind of the cool part about, I guess, art in general, though, too, is that 
I guess everybody has different preferences for methodologies, but both mm. can produce pretty good results. I think we've seen, you mm -hmm. know, it's like, yeah, yeah, it's like we, there are strong actors who will swear by one or the other, you know? <laughs> oh, for sure. Yeah, no. And it's like, yeah, it's, um, I mean, it's all valid, you know, it's, it's all definitely mm -hmm. valid. Um, every actor has a different, a different way of making it work. Um, they just kind of mm -hmm. have to, you know, they just have to kind of make it into their own a little bit too. And that's, yeah. I think that's the struggle is that you can hear that you can hear the lessons, but once you like, until you actually like do it yourself and find how it works for you is yeah. what is, what's going to determine if you, if you do well or not. And, um, yeah, no, I definitely think that just takes time and it takes like being able to, it, it takes the experience of it. So like once, like once mm. you do a bunch of projects and you play a bunch of characters and you start applying those lessons, that's when it's going to start sticking. You're going to realize what works for you. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. That's the practice I, element. Yeah. I find that it mostly just comes down to having some kind of intention. Cause once it comes to, to acting or portraying emotions at all, if mm. you're going into it without any kind of intention or just kind of like, for the most part, if you, if you're winging it without knowing what you're doing, it's going to be a lot more difficult to come off as genuine. But those methods yeah. really help. It helps to like root you in some kind of reference, and it it gives like a a baseline for an actor to try to come up with their own way to get to that point. Because it's going to be even people who you know swear by the same method are going to act different. Uh, you know they don't they're not all like you know the cut from the same mold. So it's just mm -hmm. really like a template to get to that point for every single person. But yeah, it just comes down to getting yeah, it's a system. Yeah, it just comes down to having intention like at all. It's just a method of getting there. Oh yeah, mm -hmm. definitely. And that's where like it's so important with auditions and stuff is to like come up with your own thing. I know a lot of friends of mine who like they'll listen so they'll be on casting call club and they'll listen to other auditions before they do their own and I'm like, "No, like like, you know, figure <laughs> it out. Like figure it yeah. out yourself." <laughs> I would say do your own thing and then maybe look at other people's ideas yeah. and think to yourself, "How can I how can I maybe make a second take of like, oh, what if I did something like this? But how? what if I apply this other person's idea maybe meshed into one and like maybe that and then that becomes my own thing, you know, like it's yeah, I definitely think the the creativity aspect behind acting is a really important part. And if you don't have that, then once you get the job, you're not going to know what to do because you can't copy <laughs> off of anyone at that point. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 Well, that's uh, that's part of. I guess defining what I like to call like the work of acting, right? Because I think in different art forms, you'll have the element that people of that trade who really know what they're doing consider the work. And with acting, it could be a little ephemeral for some people, especially for people who don't have acting experience or don't have a lot of it. Yeah, um, It's because I've, I can't tell you how many times, and it's kind of frustrating almost, you hear people talk about like, acting especially voice acting you hear it often degraded as being like a really easy job you know like it's like oh you're just yeah anybody can do it you're just reading lines <laughs> yeah you're just you're just reading words you know you ever hear that it's like and it's really anybody can do that i can read yeah and it's really frustrating because it yeah it's, it's so bad <laughs> yeah it's it's the worst obviously that that's an experience that you only need one experience in front of a microphone to know how wrong you are in that regard yeah. right like that's that's pure ignorance but it's the, the fact of the matter is, like, I think with actors in general, there is a general, uh, a larger, I guess, misunderstanding of what it is that actors do and what the work of acting mm -hmm. is, mm -hmm. right? Like where the actual work comes in, because it's like, yeah, that is true. Like at a certain level, 
Well, first off, even line reading, you know, or even um, sight reading, like, isn't always an intuitive skill for everybody. It sounds... It's It's really hard. (laughs) Yeah, it sounds like it might be, but until you are forced to do it under pressure, you really don't know how good you are at sight reading. Uh, Oh, yeah, definitely, yeah. But, like, the... The work I've come to find with actors and, you know, whenever I talk to actors, the more I come to realize that the work of what an actor does and the reason they get paid and the the reason, the, the thing that they put in effort for is this element of, I think what it ultimately boils down to, and I think this is kind of what you were saying, is is decisions, right? Actors, the work of acting is making decisions. And that is really what the bulk of it is. Is like you get into character and it's just like it's not just like finding the character is making decisions right like uh and how you mm. tackle each scene is making mm. decisions that's ultimately where the work comes in is in what decisions you make to form this character yeah no and that's yeah i i can't i couldn't have said it better myself absolutely <laughs> yeah because i mean intentions everything and there's like and you were talking about people who just they they're like oh I can read the line and I just do it. There's also the idea of um there was impressionist right <laughs> which I run into constantly <laughs> and like so like uh to, to to give an example there was a um there was so there's a game that I'm currently directing and um uh, I'm looking I was looking for someone that could do a an actual impression and I, they were doing I, I wanted someone to do like a J Jonah like a Jameson yeah. style Ooh, voice like um. J. Yeah, J.K. Simmons. There you go. Let's go like a J.K. Simmons yeah. style, J. Jonah Jameson. Right, exactly. So I, I, I sent out a, a big email with a bunch to a bunch of people, and I was like, "All right, hey, do you, can you do you think you can do this?" And I gotta tell you, the amount of get me more pictures of Spider Man <laughs> I heard, I was like, "This is not, this is not what I'm looking for." <laughs> like, like, um, because the the biggest thing is is like, it, you can like do the impression, right? But like, if you don't have like a character behind it right or like if you're just like copying off of what another mm-hmm. actor does that does nothing for yeah. me like it like i'm not able to really base any that off of anything and like but if you if you give me like a monologue in that voice and i can hear that you do sa- indeed sound like this person and it like works that's like that helps me and so i ended i did end up getting someone that could do one of the voices not that specific one but there were two specific ones where I needed impressions and the other and the, the, for the other audition someone was like oh yes I'm going to send you this big monologue and like show you I can do all these emotional ranges and I'm like yes that is exactly what yeah. I need like <laughs> that right there yep and like there's definitely a lot of people who like I'll meet them and they go they go oh you're an actor how many voices can you do and I'm like I mean I can do mine I, can do, I guess I can do <laughs> right yeah it's like and they're like oh well, well well watch me as I do these voices and they just start doing like impressions in yeah. front of me and I'm like okay like you can show me impressions but like show me how to yeah. act too like yeah it's a completely like, different skill absolutely and if you tell people to do by the way if you tell people to do like a New York accent and I, I honestly test this if you want. Uh, if you ever have a, if you ever an audition where you're telling someone to do a New York accent and you have, you say, oh, hey, do an improv line at the end. I guarantee you someone's going to go, hey, I'm walking. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, right. Somebody will do it. Somebody will do it. Yeah. Guaranteed. So I think a lot of people forget the acting and voice yeah. acting. Like it's not just a voice. Like you have to, like, like Lauren was saying, you have to have intention. There has mm. to be like, like some kind of drive behind it. Or else, like it, it just doesn't show much. Yeah, especially like when it comes to when it comes to voice acting. Raph and I have this term that we like to call where you can tell what like when a voice is lived in, like when somebody really knows that voice inside and out, and they can go through the emotional ranges and not lose it. Because I, I don't remember there was this. Uh, 
actor or actress like they had taken over like for some big like cartoon they had taken over someone else's job right like the character had come before they had all right okay i can do an impression of that voice but now i got hired to do it and i got to figure out how to cry in that voice right it's like this is a completely different mm-hmm. step from like being a fan of the show then you know understanding and, and doing an impression of the voice and now i have to act in it and i have to go through all the range of emotions without losing that voice it's a completely different monster like just being able to do to copy a voice like that's a that's a party trick that's not acting right being able to do something someone else can do yeah. it's like a handstand sure you like that doesn't make you athletic you can do a handstand but <laughs> if you can copy the voice it doesn't make you an actor no definitely not yeah <laughs> definitely not. yeah that's well this is kind of part of a larger conversation that lauren and i have had a lot of times of again with uh, as part of people's general misunderstanding of acting and a lot of people look specifically at voice acting and again not realizing what the work of an actor is and just kind of look at it and unfortunately i think because of this presupposition i think a lot of people get into voice acting with this mindset and it's not very helpful for them um this idea that the line reading is the work right like that voice Mm -hmm. acting is like line reading is basically the only skill that that is important it is an important skill too don't get me wrong but it's like that's not Mm. that's not the nitty-gritty work that you need to be good at to be sustainable in that field and like you're saying that's just pure ignorance because it's like that's that's only because the only thing that like the lay person would see of any production is the finished product so what they can see of an actor is the moment they step on set they don't see the weeks the months everything that comes before that where they're working through Mm -hmm. character decisions and trying to figure out where that character comes from and that characters you know hate to be the uh the stereotype like trying to figure out their motivation right (laughs) it's like they don't they don't see all of that work that leads up to the moment they step on set, do the lines for a couple of minutes and then step off set again. It's like, that's the only thing they see. They don't see everything that comes before it. Yeah, no, absolutely. And that's like, that, and, and that's the difficult part too, is like, is telling, having, getting people to understand that too, is that if people aren't educated in it, they're never going to yeah. know, you know, like, so when I started doing voice acting, I actually took a little while of like teaching myself before fully doing it. Mm-hmm. And, um, I, there was a lot of people who did not know did not know a lot of the tricks of like objective and and stuff like that and so when i told them that they went i don't know how i was su- possibly supposed to know about this <laughs> and i'm like yeah well i mean if you just jump into it there's no way to know yeah. you know and like yeah it's trying to find find good wording for this i'm sure i'm sure you get yeah, the idea for, though yeah, it's, for sure. get get a mentor find some training and just like know the vocabulary of the craft because that's really what it comes down to is like there's a lot of people who are winging it and probably doing an okay job of like doing it intuitively but they don't understand mm-hmm. the vocabulary they don't understand the actual like terms that they're what of what they're trying to do because as soon as they know the name for what they're trying to do it immediately opens up like okay now i can research this and figure out why some things work and some things don't when you do it intuitively and sometimes it hits and sometimes it doesn't as soon as you know the name of it it's like as soon as you know it's like there's a whole like you know craft yeah. academia behind it then you can start to mm-hmm. you know get deeper and hone that that skill yeah and that being said yeah I, I was gonna say that's kind of part of the the whole concept of you know we talk a lot about narrative literacy right and i yeah. think just being literate okay. in a craft is very important which isn't necessarily to say that you have to be very academic about it i think you know because that that kind of gates it i think in some ways but you do just having like you said knowing those terms does help you a lot to be able to communicate your intention especially yeah. when you're working yeah. with other people and mm-hmm. so and that's incredibly important and that'll bring you like even a step beyond just having 
that vocabulary available to be able to communicate better. And absolutely like you can't really get to your next level until you can do that. It definitely makes for a lot of roadblocks. Definitely. Like if you, if you can't get, if you're having trouble getting like a certain emotion out, like you would just, if you didn't have the information, you would just think, Oh, I just can't do that or something like that. You know what I mean? Like there's definitely, there's room for a lot of people to get stuck if you don't educate yourself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cause like when it comes down to learning it, sometimes it's just as simple as like knowing another actor. Like if somebody was friends with you and you just talked about, you know, the method and they had no idea what that was before. Right. It's like they, they now have a secondhand account of what it would be like to be in the class for, for acting. Like they get a little bit of it and that, that's enough to get them beyond because they wouldn't have, they they never would have gotten that otherwise if they never seeked it out otherwise and having a mentor of some kind or taking some classes, but like just knowing somebody who can speak the language is going to do wonders for somebody who's trying to get out of like a rut that they've been in and acting. Cause there's just, there's just so much that you won't be able to get into just intuitively, unless you really know the psychology of like faking emotion, <laughs> then, which is basically all acting is, right? It's like, if you, unless you come at it from a completely different angle, like you have acting and then you have like sociopaths, it's like, oh yeah, I, I can fake it. <laughs> I can fake this, uh, this emotion for sure. I, I do it all the time. It's like, mm. that's, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. At that point, you're basically just like, you know, reinventing the wheel, though, you know, you got to kind of build it from the ground up when there is that information would be a lot faster otherwise. But I suppose that's ultimately what training and education would do for you is kind of a shortcut to figuring out things that could eventually be figured out intuitively for sure. <laughs> yeah. And that goes for like mediums, too. And it's um, th- there's there's a co- <laughs> uh, there's a lot of people I've met where like they'll they'll be doing an audition for like an for an animation or they'll be doing an audition for like an audiobook or something like that and i'll be like oh like that's, that was an interesting way to read that why'd you read it like that and they're like oh well i just thought it fit the character and i'm like uh yeah but i mean it doesn't it doesn't quite sound like something you would hear in like an audiobook or or like a video game or something like why'd you choose that and they go oh i've never played i've never read an audiobook before <laughs> or like oh i've never played i've never played a game yeah. before and i'm like well well, you got to know what it sounds right. like, you know, like, like, what is it? That was, that was a big thing. I talked to, um, why am I, uh, was it Tony Oliver recently? I don't know if you know who Tony Oliver is. He, so. he has no, the, the TV Sounds show. familiar. Uh, Lupin. Okay. Lupin. Yeah. Mm. I've heard of Lupin. Yeah. 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 So I did a class with him recently and one of the, one of the biggest things he was saying was like, uh, well, not one of the biggest, but it was, it was there. It was like, don't go for something. Don't go for a field you don't know. Like. And if you want to know it, get educated. Like, like, um, if you want to get an anime, go watch anime. Cause like, you're not going to know, like characters will randomly go, or, <laughs> yeah. or, you know, like stuff like that. Um, and you won't know how ADR works and stuff like that. So you can't, it's a little harder just to say, oh, I'm going to just do this rather than getting educated. Um, and then for like audiobooks and stuff, like for me, I just, I recently got into an audiobook, and I got to tell you. I voicing every single male character and having to have a completely different voice for mm-hmm. each one is extremely difficult. <laughs> oh, hey, that's like, like half I, of what GMing is. Yeah, basically. Oh yeah, exactly, exactly. And that's and that what is it? Doing D and D definitely helped with that. Right? Like, okay, like not every not every voice needs to be this like Oscar level. Thing. Yeah, yeah. Like especially if it's a character that you're only going to see for like yeah. two seconds. It just has to be good enough. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so I would listen to other audiobooks too while I was at work or something. And I'd be like, okay, so this is how they read this, this is how I read that, or whatever. And I would get a little bit more educated on it because I wasn't as educated as I thought I was. And that and that comes that's pretty important too, is that if you come into a roadblock, maybe you should step back and look at the medium a little bit more because maybe something that's there you just never thought of. Yeah. That would help. Oh, you, yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So that's good work. Yeah, definitely. I own, I own a lot for that info because I was like, you know, I never really thought of that. Yeah, like, <laughs> I mean, it makes sense to learn the medium, but, like, it's it's a little different when there's, like, details that you wouldn't think of. Like, you could say, oh, you could say, oh, I've heard a narration before, so I can do narration. But then there's all these little tricks with it where, like, oh, when you have a comma or something, sometimes books require longer pauses and some require shorter mm-hmm. pauses. And you have to know what kind of book you're reading in order to know, to, like, to know that. And it's like, okay, like, that definitely helps. That definitely wow. helps. But, yeah. So I, I got to ask, you play a lot of D&D? Yeah, I was about to ask. <laughs> um, I d- uh, yes, 100%. Okay, um, <laughs> okay. No wonder. Yeah. No wonder we're getting along so slow. Noted. <laughs> uh, absolutely. Um, yeah, what is it? What you'll learn about most voice actors is that we all play <laughs> Like, all, every single one of us. That's It's the only, thanks it's the only hobby. What'd you say? Thanks, Critical Role. Now all voice actors yeah, play, thanks, play D&D. Role. <laughs> well, it, it makes total sense. And I definitely would say that, that Critical Role was the, was one of the biggest parts of that because it was it's like it's the only voice acting practice we can have that's also just super yeah like i mean not not the only but it's definitely like the best choice it's definitely like a setting where you feel you feel comfortable around your friends you can like experiment with new things and if you're if you're playing a specific character you're going to have that voice for a while so you can really adapt it and yeah figure out how to get it lived in really like that dnd is just like mini theater <laughs> yeah well that's basically what, um, yeah yeah exactly yeah liam o'brien one of the cast members of critical role and just legendary voice actor generally um <laughs> and voice director yeah but he he often has said that is that like because as his career kind of went on he you know when he, he his like theater was his first love but then as his career kind of went on it became apparent that he was going to be making his living doing voice work um either behind the mic or directing and he still kind of missed theater and that's what really got him kind of hooked when he met Matt Mercer and started getting back into D and D was the fact that he was like, this literally scratches all of the itches of theater, you know, and how much and everything he missed about that without actually, you know, being able to having to reroute his career entirely, you know, it still gives you that the same theater high. Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah, I can definitely, I definitely agree with that. There's a lot of people I've worked with in the past that, I would love to work on a project again with, but I mean like the amount of people auditioning for each project is so crazy. Mm-hmm. So like starting up a D and D campaign, it, it does definitely feel like I'm working with them again. Oh, that's <laughs> awesome. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Well, shoot, you probably, if you take one look at our channel, you probably noticed that we do a lot of tabletop RPG stuff. So we, <laughs> I did see the resident. Evil yeah. Yes, we I just, see the resident we just Evil wrapped one. up after five years, um, the resident evil campaign. Uh, which was yeah, really crazy. Oh God, and I feel I'm still, that the five year thing. Oh God, I feel yeah, that. <laughs> I'm still reeling from it emotionally mm-hmm. because I yeah. didn't expect all of us to be in tears by the end of that show. But whew, yeah, that was just we just recorded that last Saturday, and that was recorded and streamed it. Yeah, that mm-hmm. was that was harrowing. But yeah, like even me, I don't, I wouldn't really consider acting. I mean, I've done acting, but I wouldn't really consider it you know, a craft that I was like, as a I'm particular, yeah, I'm particularly uh, passionate about, but I love people who are, but I'd much rather be directing mm-hmm. in, you know, and, and on that side of the camera than on the other. However, that 
I can definitely feel again that same like sort of theater high that performance element of doing tabletop RPGs and I could definitely it's one of those things that really makes me feel yeah this is what actors love about their medium you know <laughs> oh yeah for sure and I agree with you on the directing side I, I saw you before I recently started mm-hmm. doing it and like it is definitely it's very fun I enjoy it and I think that like I might enjoy it a little bit more than acting if I'm being really? Really? honest with you. It's it, it yeah, because I I like a lot of it's like I take a lot of the stuff I learned from psychology and like being able to to do therapy for people, and I can and and like acting and all these other things that I've gotten involved with in my life, and it's all kind of in one umbrella under one umbrella, and it's like. You know, if I'm like voice directing an actor and they're having confidence issues, I know how to help yeah. them with that. Mm. You know, I know how to get them to not be so self-conscious and I know how to like get them to feel the emotions they need to feel for for a scene. And it's it's really, really cool. I, I have a really good time with it because it feels like everything that I've worked for in my life all kind of like fits. That's now. true. Like, yeah. It all makes sense. And it all like. It's like every experience. Yeah, I keep reiterating the same thing. Basically, it's it's the thing where I feel like I was meant to yeah. do it, basically. And I, I want to do it a lot more. Yeah, the theater experience and you understand the acting side of it. So you know what it's like to be on that side of the mic. But you also have the experience of easing somebody through emotions and teasing a performance out of them and getting that uh, that side of it as well. Yeah, absolutely. And I feel like a lot of actors, too, they, they look at a director and they go, this person's my boss. They're above me. <laughs> ah. And like, you know, like and um, they get very nervous and stuff. And I think it's important to know also that, you know, we're we're people, yeah, yeah. too. Mm-hmm. You know, like like we're you know, we're chill. Like we we're we're uh, we decided to go into a career where we make cool stuff. with Everybody like, you <laughs> yeah, know, unless you're like some jaded industry professional, you know, like mm-hmm. generally speaking. Yeah, you should be pretty exactly, chill. as a right? get, get in the booth. All right, let's get over with. <laughs> right. Exactly. And I think I think it's a nice way to be able to help people like you know, relax yeah. a little bit, you know, like, like not, not be I've so honestly, like, like intimidated by everyone. I've honestly found, yeah, that ends up being a lot of my work as a, a director is, um, is cultivating an atmosphere where people can feel relaxed. Mm-hmm. And uh, sometimes mm-hmm. it comes easier than others. I think it helps a lot when, uh, cause I'm, I've mostly directed for voiceover and, you know, and remotely at that. So I think it helps a lot when you have multiple people in the call, especially if you have multiple cast members who are recording at the same time. I find that's always easier to get people relaxed than otherwise. But still, mm-hmm. like, it's something that's I've found is a lot of the work you have to do. And again, it'll be different mm-hmm. for everybody, how naturally that'll come, you know, for every uh, actor. But yeah, because there are definitely some people, yeah, that come, you could tell, come with that kind of uh, trepidation, especially with that power dynamic. And so much of the work mm-hmm. for me just ends up being like, okay, how do I cultivate an, atm- an atmosphere that is that is friendly and that can get them relaxed? Because when people are relaxed, then they can focus on their performance better. Exactly, and then on to, and then confidence yeah. too, like really boosting their their like, oh yes, I can do this. Like I am totally like this is for me. I I got this. And uh, a lot of the stuff too is like realizing some of these people. It's like this is their first job. Like <laughs> yeah. they, they, they might they might never have even been in a live direction setting before they thought it was just going to be oh they record lines and send it into the director and they don't have to like meet people or whatever because that's <laughs> it that is a pretty big perception in voice acting is people join it because they're like oh i don't have to be in front of anyone i don't have to talk to anyone i just have to scream into a mic <laughs> but nope that's not how that works um 
So yeah, definitely helping people get out of their insecurities is really, really nice as a director. And I, yeah, I, I definitely want to start getting into more projects and a lot of bigger stuff because I'm loving it so That's far. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, definitely feel you there. So I guess uh, we were going to have to be winding this down here soon. Yeah. We're coming to the end of our time. But mm-hmm. uh, a couple last things I really wanted to hit at uh, just so we could kind of sure. wind this down. I do want to know uh, what do you have that you're working on currently or upcoming that you're really excited about? Is there anything you want to highlight? Oh God, so much. (laughs) Um, I would definitely say um, the biggest one right now is uh, project Eden's garden. And that is a video game. What is it is directed by taco and uh, Juve Juve is one of the former producers of uh, Godfall, which was a gearbox game. Mm -hmm. Um, That one we're working on now. We just released a devlog saying that our prologue chapter will be released in December and it's going to be like an episodic thing. So I'm, I'm very much looking forward to that. Everyone in the cast is wonderful. Um, what is it? We all have really, really good chemistry with each other. It's, it's been a blast. Are you on the acting mm-hmm. side or um, directing on that one? Uh, I'm okay. on the acting side. Um, I, I've been asking, I've been like, Hey, like I'd love to like, like shadow you or something like get, you mm-hmm. know, get some tips and stuff. Um, but I, I don't know. It's a pretty big right. project, so I don't I don't think that'll happen. Mm-hmm. But I mean, that's, you know, uh, but you got to shoot your shot. Um, <laughs> yeah. Oh, absolutely. That's the yeah, that's the biggest thing. I was like, well, I'd, I would rather get a no than not. Exactly. Try. So um, and that goes with all acting is like definitely you're going to have more more no's than yeses, but you might as well see if it is. Yeah. a Yes, mm-hmm. you know, you'd rather um, get a no than not. No. <laughs> exactly. Correct. Um. What is it? I'm working on an audiobook called Warborn. Um, I can't really talk too much about it. I can say the name, but that's about oh. it. Well, that sounds um, epic, though. <laughs> it's super good. I gotta say, it is like reading every chapter has been an absolute roller <laughs> <laughs> That must be like a good gig is if you love reading. It's just like it's yeah. like you get to experience a book and do work at the same time. <laughs> Yeah, and the director cons- will call us, and we'll we'll call him, and and we'll all like be screaming and calls like, oh my god, I can't <laughs> and like, and what is it? And the director will get super excited, and he'll like, he'll um, you know, he'll get he'll go around and he'll ask people for like tips and stuff. And um, one of the best things too is that he has a bunch of people who like are reading the book as like like be- like beta readers, <laughs> I guess. Um. And uh, everyone's going like everyone's telling us that like it was it, me and Audrey actually uh, you know uh, Audrey yeah. the girl I was telling mm-hmm. you to help me get into all this she's actually working with me oh, on nice. the Ooh. audiobook I'm doing all the male voices she's doing all the female voices that's a big task <laughs> it is super big but it's wonderful I love it um and um you know what, what is it she, uh, we like we like to go over the book all the time and talk about like oh this is happening about this is happening about that <laughs> um and we've gotten a lot of good compliments about like how both of us sound like we are not um it, it sounds like there's more than two actors basically yeah. is yeah, what they yeah. tell us like they like when they when when we tell people oh we're the only two on this project they go what the hell <laughs> like, um so that makes me feel really good yeah that, that that's like and the highest I, compliment you could receive as far mm-hmm. as the uh, versatility goes i know right it tells me i have an i have an awesome range so does audrey and we're yeah. like yep we're cool with this. We're yeah, cool with I this. mean, that must be awesome. And I'm sure you guys have awesome chemistry. That's what I was going to say. Yeah, I, I'm sure it helps working with someone that you've known so long. Oh, yeah. No, Audrey's definitely one of my besties. Audrey's been uh, such a doll. Um, yeah, I, I I can't thank her enough for for everything that she's done, just getting me into all of this to begin with. Um, 
But uh, yeah, no, there's that. Um, we got Virus Zero One. Um, that's a animation that'll be coming out. Uh, not sure when. We don't have an exact release date of that. Mm. I have a Sly Cooper: Rise of the Legendary Thief. Mm. Um, and I will be playing Sly Cooper in a uh, animated series. It will be a fan animation, but we have a lot of production going into it and a lot of big names playing each character. Yeah. So I'm pretty excited about that. You can look it up on Twitter. I will be playing a uh, NPC character in the Horizon Bound video game. And then I will also be a part of an audio drama called Void, which I cannot talk too much about. Ooh, that's exciting. Mm, audio drama. That's exciting. Mm-hmm. And then for directing work, uh, I only have two things. I have Exospace, which is a video game. Originally, it was created in 2017. We're making a reboot for it. Mm. We're hoping that that'll come out sometime this year before December, and that'll be getting a release on Steam. Mm -hmm. And then uh, another one is a visual novel uh, video series called Murder Channel, uh, which just recently we just started getting into production. So wow. So you got a lot on your plate. <laughs> Busy. I do have a lot on my plate, yes. Wow, that's awesome, though. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, uh, you've already plugged a bunch of things, but I guess uh, whatever else, where, <laughs> where can people find you generally? Do you, uh, what are your hubs? So I, you can go to my website at dakotafarnsworthvo.com, or you can go to my Twitter, which is uh, at Tarquin underscore Arusa. Uh, which is T-A-R-Q-U-I-N underscore I-R-U-S-A. Or you can just search me up on Twitter as Dakota Farnsworth. I should yep. pop right mm-hmm. up. We'll have all this linked in the show notes as well. Yep. Perfect. Perfect. And yeah, other than that, you can find me on my, on my casting call club under Tarquin also. And then, uh, yeah, that's about it. Awesome. Awesome. All righty. Well, Dakota, it was a pleasure meeting you and getting to have a Absolutely. great big conversation and get to know you a lot better. Hopefully we could uh, Absolutely. work together sometime in the future. Oh, please. Yes. hundred percent. Fill my DMs. <laughs> <laughs> Slide right on in. It's been an absolute pleasure meeting both of you yeah. too. I, I really appreciate this opportunity. This is really fun. I'm glad that Brager was like, yes. No, this no was yeah. Great. He, this knew, was great. he knew what he was doing. He knew what he was doing. <laughs> Absolutely did. Absolutely did. Uh, well, yeah. Again, been a massive pleasure and hope we get to work with you at some point. So, yeah. uh, This has been the Hypercube podcast. Our guest today was Dakota Farnsworth. The show is edited by Lauren Pacheco, mixed by Rafael Pacheco, with original theme music by Mono Memory. Till next time, we'll see you all later. God bless. Good night. Good night. (laughs) 